welcome to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where you can learn to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Here, 40-year veteran attorney Paul Samico will entertain you and help you understand the law in areas we might all face. Brushes with the police? Oh boy. Family disputes? Oh no. An injury and accident situations? Ouch. And now, here's Paul. Okay, so uh, before I actually get started with today's show, the first full show on this Marital Monday edition of the Legal Merry-Go-Round, I have what I'm going to call an Academy Awards type uh, of short speech. So please bear with me just for a moment. I I have a few folks to thank for helping me get this show off the ground. First, Bob Quire of iHeartMedia. He cold-called me. And I told him I wasn't interested in buying radio ads, but that wasn't why he was calling. So, Bob, thank you for your patience when I gave you that, you know, canned answer. Uh, He put the idea of doing a podcast in my head. So thank you, Bob. Next, Nadia and Christy, who put together the show website. I like it. I hope everybody that looks at it does as well. Next, my business advisor, Mitch Levine, who generously gave me his book, Under the Radar, so I could put it up for you to download on the website. This is a must-read if you want asset protection and income tax reduction strategies. Get this book. It's free. Then the ladies whose voices you'll hear at the beginning, during the break, and at the end of these shows. My neighbor and friend Donnelly and Saman, a wonderful young real estate attorney in my building. I next want to thank my pals Mike Bird of ProView and Sam Francis of the Driving Force Mastermind Group. Excellent friends and helping me promote this show to to their minions. Uh, no, No thank you would be complete if I didn't mention all of my wonderful staff at my law firm. This has been a group effort. I didn't do this all by myself. I've had so much help. Deanne, thank you. Vania, thank you. Princess Beatrice, and she tells me she is the princess of the clan, of the clan, and she's right. Danny, Eva, Lisa, Sergio, Frank, Cam, and of course my rising superstar associate attorney Rocco. Now, last but not least, finally, my bride of twenty-four years, Susan, whose support was absolutely over the top, and with her common sense help, both this show and I are better. So here we go with today's show. Thank you for indulging me this. Thank you to the Academy. Okay, here we go. So here we are, the first full show of The Legal Merry-Go-Round, where I'm going to tell you every single time you listen, I want you to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Today is Marital Monday where I'm going to talk about specifically the interference with parental rights of visitation for children. This is a very, very difficult situation in our world of COVID today because there are some very real and very respectable concerns and beliefs by both sets of parents who are separated from their children when those children are physically with the other parent. Now, in most situations, and I know not always, little children live with the mother. 
and the father may have visitation by court order, say, to have the children at his home every Wednesday and every other weekend, just as an example. So what happens now with this COVID-19 virus and the very real concern about exposing the children to the virus in the exchanges between the parents? Certainly, I would want my children always to be safe, and I would not want them exposed. On the other hand, I would definitely want to have the relationship with my children continuing and not be forced to be making telephone calls and window visits and FaceTime because of what might be considered by that parent the unreasonable fear of exposure by the parent keeping the children in his or her home. So I want to talk about, to begin with, a case in Virginia that was decided actually this year in 2020. The mother and father of three children were in a high-conflict custody battle. Now, I want to just digress for a moment because this is not a COVID-type case, but it is it, it is instrumental. It is uh, the type of case which goes to the laws that are going to affect these types of COVID decisions. It has to do, again, with interference with parental rights. So the mother initially had custody of the children. The court appointed in the case uh, what is referred to in the courts as a guardian ad litem, a GAL. Typically, the guardian's role in these types of cases is to look out for the best interests of the children. It typically is an attorney or a social services worker who is familiar with these types of situations, appointed by a judge, again, to look out for the best interests of the children, having no allegiance or loyalty to either the mother or to the father. So in this case, a GAL was appointed, and also there was a psychologist who was appointed to conduct mental health evaluations of the parties, the mom and the dad. Then there was in, interestingly enough, in this case, what was referred to as a reunification therapist that was appointed for the father and one of the children. Apparently, there were some issues there. All of the children had their own therapists. So this was quite contentious and quite involved. The guardian ad litem, the mental health evaluator, and the reunion therapist discovered a website created by the mother which included videos of the children and mentioned those professionals, the GAL, the mental health evaluator, and the reunion therapist. So this led the guardian ad litem uh, and the others to conclude that the mother was actively alienating or trying to, uh, actively trying to alienate the father and damaging the children. So at the trial, they all testified that the mother was actually delusional, psychotic, and a flight risk. And they recommended that the children be removed from her custody. The court did then remove them and gave custody to the children and initially denied the mother visitation. Did I say gave custody to the children? I did say that. I meant to say gave custody to the father. I think you knew what I meant. So the dad now has custody and mom doesn't even have visitation. Now, later on, as the case wound through time, the court permitted the mom to have supervised visitation with the children. 
it still gave sole legal and physical custody of those children to the dad. I am going to come back after the break and share what happened in this case, because as you certainly, I imagine, can guess, the mom didn't like the situation and she appealed the case. I want to talk now specifically about the COVID, the COVID situation, and I'm familiar with Virginia because I practice law in Virginia. Let me go back just several months to March. In March, our Virginia Supreme Court issued something called a Declaration of Judicial Emergency. Uh, This was because of the concern of now developing and understanding what COVID-19 was doing to not only Virginians, but all over the world. So this declaration uh, postponed all family law proceedings except for protective order hearings and emergency hearings while the country was working to fight this pandemic. A week later, March 23rd, the governor of Virginia enacted a statewide ban on all gatherings of over 10 people and urged people to limit all non-essential travel. Well, you can imagine, at that point, the phones for divorce lawyers, Virginia attorneys handling custody and visitation matters, their phones started ringing off the hook with them getting phone calls from distressed clients and parents regarding, you know, how is this going to affect the child custody and visitation arrangements that had previously been in place. A week later, March 30th, uh, the law in Virginia, the governor again Uh, comes out and issues a temporary stay-at-home order that addressed traveling required by custody and visitation orders as an approved exception to the stay-at-home requirement. So the Commonwealth of Virginia, to date, has actually not provided clear guidelines or advice regarding whether people should follow court-ordered custody and visitation arrangements during COVID-19 but some states have. After the break, I'm going to tell you what some of these other states are doing and what the, uh, the preferred compliance or non-compliance with respect to these court orders uh, is in these other states. And I am going to share uh, right now that I believe that the majority of cases across the country where Uh, situations have been addressed by different state governors and different state legislatures. These are, this is more or less at this point, the rule and should be applied right here in Virginia. Uh, I will come back and share exactly what those orders are and how this should affect you if you are a parent involved in a matter involving the safety of your children and the concern for their well-being or a parent looking to have the the court-ordered visitation time that you deserve and you should have with your children. Stay tuned. We'll be back soon. I bet you thought we were going to the break. Ah, fooled you. Yeah, that's because I want to give you a really funny but true case. Okay, so what happens here? You know, we all watch TV in the weather, right? And we dress accordingly for the next day. So this woman uh, watches the night before and gets dressed. Uh, it's supposed to be a nice day. She goes out and what happens? Oh my goodness, it's raining all over the place. 
So what does she do? Uh, she gets sick. She catches the flu because she's not wearing the right kind of clothing, and she misses a week of work, and she had to purchase medication. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, well, guess what? She sued the TV station for $1,000. I can't believe this. She won. Oh, well, here comes the break. Okay, it's break time here on the merry-go-round. We want to give you value. So, do you need an attorney for an injury case or a criminal matter or something involving family law? Mr. Samico has the answer for you. Go to our podcast website, www.thelegalmerrygoround.com. Again, that's thelegalmerrygoround.com and click on the referrals tab. Then, either fill out the form or call the telephone number where you can leave a detailed message that Mr. Samico will pick up, and you'll get a response with a referral to an excellent attorney in your area within eight business hours. And the referral is free, no charge to you for this referral. So again, if you're looking for a lawyer that meets the highest standards, Paul is going to hook you up. And every attorney he refers to meets the highest standards, and Paul has checked them out for you. If you like what you're hearing from him during these shows, you know he's going to take care of you. So go to thelegalmerrygoround.com. And now, back to the show. We're talking about the very overall concept here of the interference with parental rights. And I shared with you at the first session of this show about the mom and dad of three children in a high-conflict custody battle. So I want to continue the story and then tell you the outcome. After the father had been awarded sole physical and legal custody of children, and the mom then at that point had supervised visitation with the kids, the mother uh, lived with that for a couple of years and then just I guess, got her dander up and decided that this isn't a, an acceptable situation. Uh, she appeals the, the court's orders in those cases, uh, granting that custody to the dad and the visitation orders. She just wanted to upset the whole apple cart and you know, assert what she felt was her rights to get uh, shared custody and more visitation with the children. So in doing that, she actually uh, filed a lawsuit against the guardian ad litem, against the mental health evaluator and the reunion therapist and the children's therapists, alleging interference with her parental rights. The claim was that these folks interfered with her rights by removing her children from her and causing her to have no contact with them for several months and then only by supervised contact of folks who are now being sued by mom, objected, and the case winds its way to uh, the Supreme Court of Virginia. The question for the Supreme Court was whether the trial court made a mistake in 
its earlier rulings. So here's what the Virginia Supreme Court said. It said that Virginia law indeed recognizes interference with parental rights as a cause of action. We go back to the common law right, uh, which is judge-made law from hundreds of years, to establish and maintain a relationship with one's child, and that necessarily implies that if someone interferes with your right to have that relationship with your child, you can complain about it in the courts. This case, the Supreme Court of Virginia said, is a little bit different. The background in this case was a custody proceeding, during which time in the hearings, the mom was given all the opportunity in the world, all the due process, to call for evidence in her favor, to cross-examine witnesses, to seek remedies for alleged violations that she believed took place of court orders and to appeal the ruling. The allegation by the mother that some of the defendants lied was addressed in the case and ordinarily would not be addressed in another proceeding at the conclusion of the case. The conspiracies, the conspired and allegedly false opinions that formed the basis of the mom's claim were presented in open court at the earlier trial. They were subject to cross-examination, rebuttal, and weighed by the trial court. The fact that the uh, some of the defendants had discussed the case, which was brought out out of court, is not conspiracy or not improper. It's not surprising that mental health professionals and guardians and all those other folks communicate and share their impressions to reach an appropriate recommendation to the court. So in this case, the Virginia Supreme Court declined as they said, to expand the scope of an interference claim with parental rights by opening up to allow for uh, another case just because someone is disappointed, angry, frustrated, or vindictive. We're not going to just keep litigating the same thing over and over and over again. So dad ends up after this with sole physical custody, sole legal custody, and mom continues with visitation under supervision. I want to go back because I talked about the COVID situation specifically before the break. And I talked about the fact that Virginia has not actually detailed the specifics of what the law in Virginia now is with respect to compliance of court-ordered visitation. And I said that other states have addressed that. So let's go to Pennsylvania. On the government's website, it directs people that COVID does not change or overrule custody orders or agreements. That website says that a parent should not use the crisis as an excuse to violate court-ordered custody arrangements. It tells individuals that if they feel they have an emergency reason, something like compromised health, that the courts are open for emergency petitions. Now, up north a little bit in Michigan, the court ordered a press release stating that their Supreme Court wants to remind parents that all court orders for a child's custody, parenting time, and support are still in force. COVID isn't changing that. 
Only a new court order can change those custody parenting time orders. These are orders of the court. Violation of the order could land someone in contempt of court with fines. And depending upon the extent of the the violation of a court order, the contempt could actually put someone in jail. Texas says that parents are to continue to operate under their custody orders according to the normal school calendar, whether or not school is actually in session. So we have at least now three of these states which are saying, hey, we understand the situation, but this isn't an excuse to withhold visitation from the other parent. There are other states where the governor uh, or the Supreme Court has not specifically addressed custody and visitation arrangements. The general rationale, however, of most family law attorneys across the states is that without specific direction, the orders that are in place should stay in place. California, uh, there was what is referred to, as we all have heard this, the shelter-in-place directive, which said if you have a custody order, you can continue to follow it. And warnings were that following the terms of a court order are likely an exception to shelter-in-place. If such exchanges are not allowed, again, it could result in an order of contempt. Woo! But you know what? What if a client, what if one of the parents that has the children in his or her home is just steadfast in their belief that the kids are in danger if the orders of the court are to be followed, letting the kids go out with the other parent? Is a contempt finding an automatic? Does this put the the parent refusing to obey uh, the court order? Does it put them in danger? Well, like everything else with the law, merry-go-round, up and down, who knows? It depends. If a parent believes that the minor child's health is a concern, then that has to be listened to. Custody and visitation arrangements during COVID uh, can be dangerous to the minor's health or the health of the parent when one of those has a compromised immune system, a respiratory illness, or the other parent is deliberately not following the uh, Center for Disease Control guidelines. In these situations, it is so difficult. It really is. The, the better method, the better process certainly is going to be an extraordinary communication process between the parents. There should be plans for makeup time if there's going to be visitations that are missed. There should be extra telephone calls or FaceTime calls between the kids and the other parent. And scheduled distance visits uh, can be arranged for care package drop-offs, window visits, which have been gaining a lot of attention in these past couple of months. All of these things are things that must be done because the parent-child relationship is critically important. Following a court-ordered custody and visitation schedule, I should say, to the extent they can while keeping the family safe is the best course. I hope this has provided guidance for those who are involved in these types of situations. It is difficult. I do appreciate, again, your valuable time and you giving me your ear here today. 
I would love to have you subscribe to this podcast. You can do that wherever you can listen. Probably uh, the Apple uh, is the best place to go to do these Apple uh, podcasts, right? Give me a review, please. I'd love to see what what all of you who are listening think about what this show is about and how how I'm delivering it and if it's valuable or if you'd like something else, I'd love to hear about it. Best wishes to you with your situation. If you're a parent and you have children, it's difficult, I know. Please consider the children always in their interests first. See you next time. Thanks for listening to The Legal Merry-Go-Round. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in next time to get a better understanding of real-life legal situations.